the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Or Salem Media Group. by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. And I'm back. Like it or not. (laughs) Anyway, just like the guy said, this is Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420 The Answer. Also carried on the Fish's podcast, 955thefish.com. Or you can pick it up on my website under the tab radio shows. You just click on that word and it'll bring you to the radio shows. You can download and listen there for free. Also available on Apple iTunes. Wow. So many places. (laughs) Anyway. I got a uh, lot of stuff to talk about. We've got a seminar that's coming up. It's a Thursday, May 2nd. That's going to be 6:30. It's going to start at 6:30. And it's at the Tri-Cities Corporate College. You can go to my website bullingtoncapital.com to sign up for it online. Uh there's no cost to attend. However, seating is limited because we're going to be talking about is a recession coming? And by the way, recessions are like winter time. You know they're coming. You just don't know when. <laughs> And if anybody could ever get that right, by the way, I need you to call me because I can show you how to make an enormous amount of money, but you have to get it right. I mean, really right. The fact that people aren't walking around as billionaires, like by the thousands, should tell you about how difficult that is. (laughs) And I remember uh, reading one of Peter Lynch's books, and he was talking about economics and recessions, expansions. And he said uh, he didn't spend more than 10 minutes reading about economics because it was unpredictable and you're wasting your time. So I thought, yeah, that's kind of, that's interesting. I was an econ major in college and they called it the dismal science for a reason. (laughs) Very difficult. But if a recession is coming, how could that affect your investments? That's what the seminar is about. If the economy starts to slow down, How's it going to have, what kind of effect is that going to have on your investments? What types of stocks don't do well in that environment? Which types of stocks have a tendency to hang in there um, better? What kind of fixed income investing do you want to be doing uh, if we have a recession? So that's the name of the seminar. Is a recession coming? And how could that affect your investments? Again, go to Bullington Capital. You can sign up there. It's free. Uh, however, seating is limited. And I've got a uh, lot of stuff to talk about. I did have a caller, or not a caller, somebody who wrote in and emailed in and asked me to speak about something, uh, net unrealized appreciation. And, and I have to apologize because 
that is a an extremely complicated um, topic. And we're not allowed to give out tax advice unless we're licensed as tax preparers. I'm, I'm kind of governed um, by FINRA. There are certain rules. You don't give out tax advice in my industry because you can be held liable for it. So I have to, uh, that one I have to kind of back away from a little bit. I can tell you that I have a, somebody that is an enrolled tax preparer. And if you wanted to call my office, I can, uh, give you his name and, and I'll take your name and tell him you're calling. And, uh, he'll take your call because I have him on retainer and that's basically what I have him on retainer for so that he can answer questions like that. I would love to be able to talk about it. Actually, I, I, I wouldn't love to be able to talk about it. You should see how complicated that is. <laughs> I did the research. I read it and I'm going, wow, you know, there's a, uh, that makes deciding when you're going to take social security look easy. And by the way, deciding when to take social security is not easy. (laughs) You have to know two things. Actually, the two most important things to know are when are you going to die? And if you don't, if you know that, don't tell me, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Kind of. Uh, but you also have to know what the future inflation rates are going to be. Why? Because Social Security is pegged loosely to the inflation rate. So if inflation goes up really fast, the Social Security payment is going to go up pretty quickly. If inflation flattens out, the increases in Social Security are not going to go up so fast. Why does that matter? Well, because if you want to know if you t- should take Social Security sooner and inflation flattens out or goes negative, um, that might be a good thing. You took it and it didn't go up very much. But if you didn't take it and then you waited and inflation went up a lot, you may end up getting a lot more money by having waited because inflation rose. There's there are a bunch of other variables too, but the bottom line is the that's a that's a is a really tough question. That's something you should probably sit down, uh, take a look at. Uh, you're going to have to come up with an estimate. You're going to have to estimate how long you think you might live. You're going to have to estimate what you think the inflation rate might be. And then uh, you'll have to take it from there. So it's pretty tough. And uh, what else I want to talk about today? I, there, I'm going to be talking about this for a long time. I, I have the feeling that people may be getting tired of me talking about 5G. And I have to apologize for that because 5G is the G. Whatever that means. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's kind of a big deal. Five G is fifth generation internet. It's gonna it's going to power the economy forward. That's why when we're talking about a recession coming, if we have a recession, you know, barring something really big and major, uh, doesn't that doesn't appear to be on the horizon, at least not right now. But if we had a really big uh, correction in the stock market, typically because the banking system gets stressed, you know. If suddenly everybody stops paying their student loans and, and all the banks that have lent all that money out there are having problems meeting their reserve requirements, yeah, that's a problem. If their loan loss ratios start to creep up, that's a problem. That could happen. If it happens, we'll have another recession. So that's why we're uh, talking about the that at the seminar. What happens? Well, one of the, the other side of that coin is what happens if we don't have a recession? What happens if the economy continues to grow? So people are asking, well, how's it going to grow? And I'm telling you, it's going to grow through 5G. You can say you heard it here first. And why am I saying that? Well, 
instead of me telling you, I thought I would read from a couple of uh, interviews, one with the CEO of AT&T. His name is Randall Stevenson. Uh, he's actually, yep, yeah, he's a CEO and he's a chairman of the board. And I'm also going to read from uh, Chuck Robbins, who's the CEO of Cisco. I'm going to start with AT&T. And uh, let me just begin here. Okay, this is what he had to say. You can begin in the... Sorry about that. <laughs> you begin... I still can't get there. Right? You have to cut that out. <laughs> you can begin now to conceive of robotic manufacturing that is always on and always connected via 5G networks, says Randall Stevenson, CEO of AT&T. Just to put this into perspective, the Internet of Things... The devices and sensors that are connected all over the place with today's network in a square mile, you can connect a thousand, two thousand or possibly three thousand of those in a 5G world. You can connect millions of those in a square mile. Let me resummarize. Let me summarize that. He's telling you today you might have two to three thousand pieces in a square mile that you can connect in a 5G world. You can actually do millions within one square mile. It's a pretty big deal. Anyway, he discusses the massive impact that 5G will have in an interview with the Economic Club of Washington, D.C. Somebody asked him, what is 5G? And he said, uh, the G means generation. So 2G is a second generation technology. When you went to your flip phone and you remember how you used to text using a 10 key device, that was 2G and allowed that kind of service. 3G is when the Internet became a, a mobile. Third generation networks allowed mobile use of the Internet. The first iPhone was on 2G, but when it went 3G is when it exploded because you're literally using the Internet on a mobile device. Fourth generation is what really enabled all of us to consume CNN video on a smartphone. It literally mobilized video. But for 4G technology, Instagram would not be what it is today. It's all video. Facebook is virtually all video now. Just consuming all this video on a mobile device is facilitated by 4G. 5G is going to prove to be the most transformative of all the Gs that we have seen to date. First of all, it's a step change faster. It will also have zero latency, meaning you issue a command and it's immediate. You're just always connected. It's a real-time network. It's just like turning a light switch on in real time. This is really important when you start to conceive of all the services like autonomous cars. You don't want to be in an autonomous car that's dependent on a network with latency. That means lag. Okay, It's very serious. If a kid runs out in front of a car, it needs to be real-time, always on, and always connected uh, to the network. This is really, really important as you begin to conceive of these services. Uh, so we've been talking about 5G for many years. The trials are beginning this year. This is one of those great examples where the reality is going to match the hype building up to this. The fundamental difference that this technology is going to bring is massive. In 2022, you're going to see speeds that average four to five times more than we get today. If you think about what it enables, not only higher speeds and lower latency for mobile devices, but we're going to get connectivity into rural areas that we haven't been able to because of the cost of digging trenches and laying fiber has just been prohibitive. Now we can do this with 5G. We're going to be able to connect people who have not been connected before. We've done a study and we believe that by 2022, there will be over 400 million 5G connections. You know, there's only 330 million people in the United States. <laughs> so everybody's going to have a, at least one device. Many people will have two devices. 
a lot of people will have four or five devices anyway. What happens is when you get a place to where you have all this high bandwidth capacity out at the edge of the network, then the core infrastructure has to be updated actually to actually accommodate that. That's one of the big roles that we're going to play is delivering innovation that actually allows our customers to deal with this traffic. So anyway, let me interpret this for you. 5G is a big deal. That's what it means. 5G is going to be a really big deal. So let's let's move on over to Cisco CEO Chuck Robbins. This is what he had to say. Technology is at the heart of the strategy. This technology is at the heart of the strategy of our customers. It's no longer enabling their strategy. They're taking the technology and then they are defining their strategy based on what it makes possible. A lot of focus over the last decade has been around consumer tech. If it's in your phone, you know what it does. If you use a social media app, then you know what it does. What we do isn't that clear to the everyday investor. What he's talking about is the things behind the scenes that make those things available. That's what they make. And that stuff is about to explode because all of the new equipment that's required for uh, the high bandwidth capacity. So let me give you an example. You'll be wearing a pair of glasses. Those glasses are going to be special glasses where you can see the person that you're talking to as long as you're wearing the glasses. When you take the glasses off, you can't see them anymore. That was actually in a, a really corny movie just recently. It's amazing how these guys, uh, they actually place products like that, incidentally, so that you can see that. It's kind of like virtual reality, but instead of having to wear those great big things that look like binoculars strapped to your head, <laughs> you're just going to wear a pair of eyeglasses, and you're going to be able to see the people that you're talking to. Anyway, the technology that we're building are are really enabling our enterprise customers and public sector customers to digitize and really take advantage of new methods of revenue stream. In other words, what he's saying there is that because you can do all these other cool things really fast, it presents lots of opportunities for people to start up businesses to generate revenue from that, uh, which is uh, something I'll come back to in in a little bit. Anyway, in the case of the public sector, new ways of delivering citizen services putting video connectivity into rural areas and delivering citizen services virtually. There are all these things that are happening that are leading to continued demand. 5G, re- 5G reality is going to match the hype. So I just wanted to uh, let you know about these guys and what they had to say about that. These are Cisco Systems and uh, AT&T, two of the bigger companies in the world. The CEOs have an obligation to know what's going on in their spaces. And uh, this is kind of what I'm talking about. The growth, the reason that if we do have a recession, it may not be that deep and it may not last that long is because on the industrial side, you've got an industrial revolution going on again. In fact, one of the articles I was reading when I was preparing for today's show talked about this being the second industrial revolution. The 5G is not just going to be for driverless cars. In fact, that's what it originally started out as. It was a technology just for driverless cars. And then they realize that, wait a minute, you can do just about anything on this. You can provide Internet. You can provide radio. You can provide television. All that through the same technology. And what that means is all the uh, devices that you're using for that, your televisions, your laptops, your tablets, your refrigerators, your stoves, your houses, your smart homes, your cars, they're all going to be connected because of 5G. Now that I hear the music, I have to take a real quick commercial break. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. 
feels like you're miles away. Don't even need no shade when your sun don't shine. Shine. And we're back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420 The Answer. Uh, feel free to, to reach out to connect with us on my website if you'd like. It's BullingtonCapital.com. There's a contact us page there. If you uh, click on the word contact on the homepage, you can fill it out. We'll be glad to call you back, uh, answer any questions you have. If you wanted to schedule a, a get to know us meeting, that's fine. Uh, we like to do that all all the time. It's a, a good way to get to know more about our firm and what we do. If you want to sign up for one of the seminars, we've got one coming up. That's on the seminar tab. That's going to be May 2nd. That's a Thursday evening, 630. Tri-C's Corporate College. Uh, the seminar is all about, is a recession coming and how could that affect your investments? And we're going to talk about if, you know, if the economy does slow down, what kind of stocks generally hold up better during a recession? Uh, you might be surprised to know that they're, they typically are more value oriented, or you may not be surprised by that, depending on how sophisticated you are. But the, uh, the more value oriented stocks that pay dividends, they tend to hold up a little bit better when the economy starts to slow down, which is a good thing because they've actually been lagging a little bit for the past few years. So in a um, recessionary environment, stocks that pay dividends, stocks that are, have clean balance sheets, that means they don't have a lot of debt. They tend to hold up a little bit better. So your higher quality companies that as long as they're not overpriced, if they're overpriced, they it'll go down as much as uh, a subpar company will in many cases. But those are the kinds of things that you want to probably be looking at right now. You want to be leading, leaning towards that area. Uh, on the bond side, I think most bond categories are pretty okay. Some will do a little bit better than others in that environment. So we'll be talking about that as well. One of the other things that we'll be talking about uh, is uh, the lookout for the bull website. And I forgot to mention that in the last segment. Lookout for the bull website's probably going to be up by the time this seminar is in place. And the lookout for the bull website's just a uh, it's a website for people that want to learn a, a specific style of investing that I, I use um, sparingly because it it does take a lot of time for me to use anyway, especially at the size that I'm doing it at. So I use it sparingly, and I think. Probably most people should too, and uh, it's really interesting. Uh, it's looking at stocks. We're using valuation and price movement, so using fundamentals and technical. Technical analysis is basically looking at price movement. That's what it means. So it's not actually all that technical. It can get really technical if you let it. And a lot of math majors love to go in and play a bunch of games with that, but that's not all that necessary. In fact, you're Simpler methods have a tendency to work fairly well in the long run if you uh, if you use them. And in the last section of today's show, maybe I'll come back and go through some of the stocks that are coming up on the scans as I record this show, just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. But we'll spend a little bit of time talking about that. We'll also spend some time, not only on in that seminar, but probably every week, talking about how do you not run out of money in retirement? And I think retirement planning is, you know, it's a really big deal. You've worked your entire life to be able to relax during that, um, what they call your golden years. And, uh, you'd like to be able to relax. <laughs> I mean, really? So how do you do that? 
Well, you start by learning as much as you can about how stock prices move, how stock markets behave, because you're probably going to have to invest in them to maintain your, your income level or lifestyle in retirement. And uh, I can take a couple minutes and tell you why, uh, but it actually all comes down to returns. Really, really, really difficult to retire when CDs are, are paying around 2.5% or so. Because a 2.5% CD means that if you have a million dollars, you're getting $25,000 a year. That's a little over $2,000 a month before taxes. And I'm not sure how many people can live on $2,000 a month. So, and that's if you have a million dollars. So you're going to have to invest, probably going to have to include stocks. Just saying, stocks have a tendency to have a higher average returns than that. Uh, even going forward, if they were half of what they have been in the long run, it's still twice as much as current CD rates are. Think about that for a second. If stocks return half of their long-term average, it is two times higher than the current CD rates are. So it just makes sense to include those in everybody's portfolio. I don't care what your age is, because uh, you really don't know how long you're going to live. It really depends on uh, your your tolerance for risk. And by the way, now, you know, now that I said that, I take that back. There are some people who really just don't belong in stocks because they can't put up with the fluctuation. Stocks fluctuate a lot. They do. It's just how they behave. You have That's why you have to have a plan. Uh, you should become fairly familiar with your plan. It really helps. It helps to become familiar with your plan. If you don't have a plan, you don't want to sit down and, and take the time to learn about all this to put it together. Well, that's why we offer those uh, free Get to Know Us meetings. I'll show you how we put them together. I'll show you what we do to monitor the individual positions that we're holding. Well, we use mostly funds to do this stuff. Even for the bonds, we use uh, bond funds because it's a little bit easier. But getting the right funds is, is kind of important. I mean, you only have the choice of a few thousand. <laughs> You probably only need about 10 or 12. Uh, and uh, actually, I, I think I could do it with three or four. So it depends on how um, how much risk you really want to take. If, if you don't mind slightly higher risk, you can get slightly higher returns The uh, um, by concentrating your holdings. You know, the, the fewer you hold, fewer, the fewer stocks you hold, the higher the chance of a better return becomes, but also, and in, uh, you know, that's accompanied by higher risk. So that that stuff goes together more today than it has ever in my my entire career. I remember when I first started working in the um, brokerage business, I was a stockbroker. I, I when you look at the ability to control the risk in your portfolio back then versus now, it was a lot higher. You could actually control your risk a lot better than you can today under certain scenarios. In other scenarios, you can actually do a much better job today than you could back then. So it really depends on uh, who you are as an investor. If you uh, invested in companies based on what you knew about their financial statements, you looked at the business models they had, you were familiar with the industry, the other the competitors within that industry, in the old days, that meant a lot more than it does today. <laughs> today, I mean, it still works. It's just that you have a lot more volatility than you did back then. And today, you've got so many different types of funds out there that, that will screen for stocks 
differently and how they screen for the stocks is going to make a big difference in their returns in the long run. In the short run, maybe not. In the short run, you, you just don't know. And uh, that's another, that brings me to another point. You know, I just kind of uh, ramble on and one thought leads me to another thought. <laughs> that's why I really I invite you guys to email me, you know, set up a phone conversation. Uh, you can come into the office for a free get acquainted meeting. Uh, we do all that kind of stuff because there's an awful lot of material out there on investing. Some people make it seem like it's really easy and it can be simple. You can simplify it. But more often than not, you're going to have questions that come up in, um, before you're able to simplify it. Like, what is the price to sales ratio? Why does it matter? How do you use it? Okay. I just look at the price to sales ratio. One of the companies that I'm looking at right now is a, uh, that came up on my, um, scan today. It's a company called Avid. And I'm pretty sure everybody at uh, Salem Communications knows who Avid is. Okay. The symbol, by the way, is the same as the company's name. It's AVID. The price to sales ratio is 0.48. Is that good? That's really good. How do I know that? Well, because I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> That's how I know. The, uh, I've seen it. Now, if I have to explain how that works, I mean, how much time do you have? You know, actually, don't get your watch out to time it. Get your calendar. <laughs> That's how long it's going to take. So anyway, Avid comes up on the screen, and it looks good. It's got a great chart. By the way, Avid in 2015 was 18 bucks. It got down to four. Uh, it got down to four dollars in 2016. It stayed right around four dollars since then. Now it's at eight dollars. So it's at eighteen dollars. What's that? Four years ago, and it's at eight dollars today. But today the trend looks like it's it looks like it's moving higher. Now that could change tomorrow, by the way. But it looks like it's moving higher. At least it is right now. And it's got a nice low valuation. It's undervalued if you look at the historical averages. Now history, you know, doesn't always repeat itself, by the way. In fact, uh, this is interesting. I'm going back even further. And if I go back all the way to 1998, Avid was 47 bucks in 1998. It's at $8 today. What year is it again? <laughs> I'm kidding. It's 2019. So 21 years later, the stock is down 90%. What is my point behind this? My point is you have to be careful. If you're looking at Avid as a company, by the way, anybody that's been around the entertainment business knows that Avid is a uh, a company that that creates technology that allows you to edit videos. Um, they do a lot of stuff, but that's what most people know them for. And by the way, that that stock that was forty eight bucks in nineteen ninety eight was that forty eight? Hang on a second. Yeah, it was forty eight dollars nineteen ninety eight. Goes all the way down to five by the year two thousand goes all the way up to 65 in 2005, 66.90 actually, and is now eight bucks. And my whole point to this is buying and holding is very dangerous unless you're in a fund. If you're going to buy and hold a fund, that's fine because the fund has a manager or it has a, a, a formula, they call them algorithms, 
It's basically a mathematical formula that tells the funds when to buy and when to sell the stocks. Now, they are not meant to be perfect. What they're meant to do is to keep you out of trouble, to keep you from buying a stock 19 years ago that's 50 bucks. It's selling for $8 today. <laughs> I know that's what everybody wants. And by the way, I am not just picking on, on Avid. Here's a company called Wide Open West. It's a pay TV company. It came public in 2017 at 18 bucks. It's at 950 today. Okay. So that, that's not even that bad. It's only two years. Here's a uh, wealth care health plans. Wealth care health plans peaked 126 bucks back in 2007. In 2009, it was down to seven, 126 to seven. Today it's at 275. Now everybody will go. Well, I should have just held on. Okay, well, if you bought it in 2007 and then saw the value of your investment drop by 96% and it did not see that same price again until 2017, if you can say, I will, I am good taking a 95% drop and waiting 10 years for it to get back to break even, well, then, hey, invest that way. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not... Um, I shouldn't be so, so smart, Alecky. Sorry about that. <laughs> I really don't mean to be. I just hear these voices, <laughs> these voices that people have been calling over the years. A lot of people are, are some people are just not very nice. <laughs> and when they call, they've got these, you know, they're, they're so angry. And I'm like, it's not me. I don't control the stock market. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, uh, this is one of the things that, you know, I, I just have to point out, you know, when you're investing, it's not a matter of if you're going to pick some duds. They're, they're going to happen. If you have it in a fund and it's only, say, one-tenth of a percent of, the, of your total portfolio value, uh, and it's probably not more than one to one and a half or two percent of that fund, it's not a big deal. It doesn't make that big of a difference. And then when that stock does come ripping back, if it comes ripping back and it still has it, 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 can, uh, it can help you out. So that's the whole idea, by the way, behind diversification. That is your best friend as an investor, especially as you get closer to retirement. Getting the right funds, getting the right mix of assets, stocks, bonds, cash. It's based on your tolerance for handling risk. Uh, we've got, I've got a really simple method of measuring what kind of risk you should be taking that would tell you how much of your money to put into stock funds to begin with. And at some point in time, that that's when I have to get out into a, a less than two-minute video. I'll have to work on that a little bit because I think you can do that. I know you can do it in less than 90 seconds, quite frankly. Uh, I can explain how to do it in less than 90 seconds. I, I probably can't explain all of why you would do it that way, but I think I can give a pretty good shot. When I come back, I have to tell you about this stock. Uh, I love this company. Its symbol is TWNK, TWNK. And it stands for Twinkies. <laughs> Actually, it's Hostess brand. But anyway, we'll talk about that when we come back from these messages.
And we're back. Yeah, I've been talking about a lot of technical stuff. I'll uh, I'll stop. I'll start talking about some individual stocks now, as uh, this is one of the things that uh, I'm going to be putting together through the lookout for the bull. So I, I think I'll probably dedicate maybe the last 15 minutes of each show just to talking about individual stocks and that particular style. That that is a very specific style of investing, uh, and uh, most people call it momentum. So we're looking at stocks that are going up very quickly right now. Now, I have to tell you, when you invest this way, it's a lot more active. You're going to have to learn to uh, use trailing stop orders. Those are orders that trail the, the price of the stock as it still as it rises. If the stock starts to drop at some point in time, it's going to place a sell order and uh, put the money back in money market. So it's a lot easier to do that today than it was when I first learned how to do this because you can you can automate this whole process. And that's where the uh, uh, the stock, the Avid company, came up. It came up on one of the scans that I used to try to identify those stocks that are, are moving up very quickly right now, who I think may have the room to go further because they are also undervalued. I love to buy an undervalued stock that's moving up quickly. If you go back to the last segment of this radio program and re-listen to it, we were talking about stocks and how far down they went and how long it took them to recover this is one of the reasons that I really like this particular style. You probably want to limit this to 15 to 20% maximum of the amount of money you have. Uh, I really think it's a great thing to be able to do from an educational standpoint. It gives you a perspective on how stock prices really move. Uh, if you get really good at it, you know, who knows? You might end up changing careers. The uh, and Stranger things have happened, I promise you. Anyway, long story short, I'm running through the scans. These are the same scans that I use to write about these stocks for the Lookout for the Bull website. Stock comes up because I recognize it, and it's called Avid Technology. Symbol is uh, AVID. Uh, these guys make equipment that you, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, equipment and software that you edit video with. And I think that's what I know them most for. The uh, And uh, I'm looking at it. It's got a nice looking chart. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because typically spending a whole lot of time on these companies is not all that necessary. Uh, if you go to the, if you sign up for the Lookout for the Bull website, you go through the course, you'll know why why I'm saying that. When people are spending an awful lot of time looking at this stuff, it's typically because they don't have a lot of experience uh, or they haven't embraced the philosophy. So the philosophy is we can't force the stocks to go up. We can't keep our stocks from going down. So the only thing we're really left with is managing the risk on those companies who appear to be rising right now. Managing risk is the key. You can't stop them from going down. You can't force them to go up. So realistically, managing the risk, if you're going to invest this way, that's the smartest thing that you could possibly do. And quite frankly, that's where people, that's where they always trip up. When I watch people trying to do this, when I was new, when I was young, didn't know what I was doing, uh, yeah, I took too much risk. And it was great when it was working. And then when it was not so much, it was really not so much. <laughs> that was hard. So uh, anyway, there's another company called Wealthcare Health Plans came up. has an interesting looking chart. It's got a very low valuation on it. The, uh, there's Delta Airlines. Delta Airlines, that, that pattern is called a breakaway gap. 
By the way, this is actually on the 2nd of April that I'm doing this. So by the time this uh, airs on Saturday, these stocks will all have changed prices. All their prices will be different. So I'm just telling you right now that, that these look interesting to me based on what I'm seeing in the uh, the stock patterns and under the value, uh, with the valuations that the companies have. I was kind of laughing about uh, Hostess Brands. The symbol is TWNK. That's for the Twinkies. Um, you know, that company filed for bankruptcy a long time ago uh, and actually had to do it again after they came out of bankruptcy because of some mistakes that they'd made in their uh, computer area. They were upgrading software at one point. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, by the way, that was a long time ago. So uh, I may not be mem- I may not be remembering that as accurately as I think I am. But anyway, they had problems with their software. They overhauled their entire system and forgot to back up some of the data, uh, including the balances in their checking accounts. <laughs> so they had to file for bankruptcy protection while they worked out the uh, the details. Uh, they merged, started trading again, and then uh, went into bankruptcy again. Interesting. Uh, there's one. This one that really interests me uh, is a. Uh, um, I thought it was that one. It's not that one. Never mind. This is a new one. I'm gonna have to look this up. It's car auction services. I'm sure it's an automobile auction. It's got a nice looking chart. Stock was 64 bucks a little over a year ago. Comes all the way down to 46. Dropped precipitously in uh, February of this year, and has been rallying since then. It looks like a uh, a really interesting uh, chart pattern. Uh, in fact, for, for you novices or for people that don't know what I'm talking about right now, skip that one. That's a hard one. Yeah, that's something that I would be interested in because I always take the hard way. <laughs> I don't know what it is about my personality. The uh, it just I just have to do things the hard way. Not sure. Anyway, here's another one, though. You may have heard of this one, Carvana. And actually, Carvana has a uh, a building that's right by the corporate college, where it looks like a uh, I forgot what they call it. It um, they've got cars in this glass tower that's going up in the air, and you make a deal to online, I guess, to buy the car. And what's a relatively new concept? The stock came out, took off. I mean, it really took off. It goes from ten bucks to sixty three dollars. Actually, was over seventy dollars. Goes from over $70 to under $30. This is all, by the way, in two years. From 10 to 70 to 30, now it's at 63. And at 63, it's moving up fast enough to make one of the scans. See, the scans only look for those companies that are in the top 10% over the past one, three, or six months. In this case, over the past month, it's in the top 10%. So it's gone up more in the past 30 days than 90% of, of the other stocks in the stock universe, that stocks that trade in the United States. It's up today about 7%. It, if it closes where it is today, it's going to close right near its high of the day. That pattern that I just called out, the criteria, that happens in almost every stock that makes a really big move in a short time period several times. So that pattern will repeat itself. Doesn't mean it's a guarantee. It just means that when stocks have moved up very quickly, they've exhibited the exact same patterns that this one is exhibiting right now. Is that a guarantee? Heck no. It's a stock. (laughs) It might go back the other way. Maybe something 
happens at the company. It's unexpected. News could come out after the market close. But all of the things being equal, you know, Carvana looks like it has a fairly decent valuation. The share price looks pretty nice. And the price action looks very strong. And that's typically that's about as good as it gets. You know, that's really about as good as it gets. You've got decent underlying fundamentals. And by that, I mean the, uh, the valuation's not all that high. Uh, the fact that the company's relatively new, they're probably experiencing more rapid growth than they will be when it's 20 or 30 years old. And uh, in other words, I think uh, I, I like it. So I'm looking at it. I think it looks pretty good. Uh, another thing that's kind of interesting, I don't know if you, uh, um, I shouldn't, nah, I, I take my, I changed my mind on that one. <laughs> this is what, this is one of the nice things about doing this. You have, uh, everybody has access to the same data. And again, I, you, you can't stop the stocks from going down. You can't make them go up. You, you can only manage your risk. And you know, you and I could be looking at the same list. We could buy totally different stocks and end up with very similar returns. If we're using the same basic criteria, if we're looking at investments who are undervalued or potentially undervalued and whose share prices are appreciating at a high rate, and, and we buy them, you, you're buying XYZ company, I'm buying ABC company, we may end up with very similar returns in stocks that have nothing to do with each other other than the fact that they're undervalued and they're moving right now. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, in the short run, how well you do is really going to be a matter of luck. In the long run, it's a matter of how much discipline you have. Are you going to stick with it? Uh, when the going gets rough, do you stop? Uh, or do you try to sludge on through? Uh, it, it's a challenge. And I think if, if you've ever been, if you've ever watched baseball, if you've ever kept up with designated hitters, that's a lot like what this style of investing is like. You, you'll probably make a, a really large amount of money on a small percentage of your transactions, like the home runs that a designated hitter might hit. Uh, you probably connect and get to base safely maybe a third of the time. By the way, if you can do that in the major leagues, you're going to be, they're going to call you a multimillionaire. What's that contract they just awarded these, these guys? $300 million? Something like that is nuts. 300 million bucks to strike out seven out of 10 times. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I wish I could do that. The, uh, so that's what, it, it re, that's what this actually reminds me of. This, method of investing, this style of investing, is you have a lot of small losses, no big deal. Uh, you have a few where you make a decent amount of money, and occasionally you'll hit a home run. That's that's basically how it works. And uh, But you have to hang in there you know, if, if, if you're going to get to those you know, home runs. Uh, the thing that's hardest, I think, for most people, and the one it actually gives me great trepidation even just trying to explain this, is an awful lot of people will get in and they, they will forget to follow the rules governing, uh, how you control your risk. Boy, if you, the risk is the only thing you have control over. I'm telling you, it's the only thing you have control over. We're lining up the stocks to try to, um, find those stocks that are most likely to continue to go higher, but the vast majority of them will not. They'll actually turn and go down before they end up going higher. And they may come back up on the list again at one point in time. So in, in many cases, they do. Oftentimes, they'll come up every 
one, two, three, or four years for a long time. But if you're not careful, if you're not managing the risk, you won't be there. You've got to manage your risk. That's the only prudent thing to do. And again, it, it gives me great trepidation to explain this because I know some people are going to buy something. They're going to hear me. They're going to go back to one of those stocks that I just mentioned. They're going to put money into it. It's going to go down. They won't have their sell order in there. They're going to buy it without looking at it or following any of the rules, and it'll end up really bad. At some point in time, it's going to end up bad. The average stock has a 50% average range on the New York Stock Exchange. The average New York Stock Exchange stock, I should say, the average New York Stock Exchange stock has a 50% average range. So if you go in there and you're not doing something to control your risk, and that that is a really tough thing to do. So anyway, we'll spend a little bit of time talking about that at the seminar on uh, May 2nd as well. And quite frankly, to do what I do, it doesn't take very long to explain. It doesn't take very long to learn how to do, uh, which is is really kind of nice. You can learn how to do it right away, and then you can start practicing. I would suggest that you practice with real money in small dollar amounts. That's what you want to do. This is not this style of investing is not for everybody. Um, there have been some extremely successful people that have done stuff very similar to this. That's actually where I got the idea. And all I did was modify it just a little bit. And you can actually modify yours. Uh, I'm even going to tell you how to modify it without increasing your risk at the seminar. But you'll have to be at that seminar to find out how to do that. Anyway, I think I only have about a, a minute left. I appreciate you listening today, folks. Uh, you can find a copy of this on my website, BullingtonCapital.com. You can also sign up for that seminar there. This is also carried at uh, 955thefish.com uh, in the podcast section there. So if you have any calls, questions, or comments, feel free to either email me or reach out and call me, 33077, I'm sorry, 664 uh, Again, I appreciate everybody listening this Saturday. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck and good investing. just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.